Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we can go down to centimeters level, like 10 centimeter level. That's what we do in sport when we really try to push the technology, our technology, to the very maximum, uh, we can get a fraction of the fit accuracy with like 100 milliseconds delay. And off the shelf, it also means that uh, we have been taking in the past devices that already existed and, uh, and just turn them with a three to five line of firmware, so software code, into a Kumpa trackable device. So we can uh, only use one device in order to be able to pinpoint where you are. You're listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beco System with Steve Statler. Welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beco System. My name is Steve Statler of Statler Consulting and uh, this podcast is aimed at uh, location-aware solution designers and it's a continuation of the work we did on uh, this book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beaker System, giving it some extra shelf life. One of the more interesting companies that we covered, well, actually, they were all interesting, but a particularly interesting company we covered in the book was Coupa. And I am really pleased we've got uh, Fabio uh, Belloni, who is the co-founder and chief customer officer of Cooper, who has just moved to the United States. So Fabio, welcome to the show and, and welcome to America. Thank you, thank you so much, glad to be here. Yeah, it's it's exciting and you've actually always been this kind of, your company that you founded has always been this very interesting company because you take Bluetooth where it's never been before in terms of the level of very high precision and accuracy. And uh, that's, that's very interesting because I think it portends the direction that the industry is going. So we want to hear about the company, the product, what it can do, um, and you know why you're expanding to the US now. Um, a little bit about how the technology works and the market, where it's being used and your view on it. So uh, let's, let's get stuck in and just uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what your company does. Right. So Coupa, Coupa is a technology provider. What we do is provide an accurate dot 
the famous dot on the map. So as a technology provider, we have always been fascinating into creating a technology that could track and monitor and following object or people or any kind of things that an end customer or an integrator might be interested to, to monitor. Because uh, it's becoming quite clear from the market that uh, knowing uh, what is where and eventually also knowing what is happening over there in terms of remote sensing and sensing data in a remote location is actually a very uh, strong enabler for uh, be able to unbound and untackle a lot of different services. And uh, location-based services is all about be able to practically combine actionable information into the location and the tracking data and being able to create uh, alarm, alert, or uh, location-based information, or to provide effectively any kind of insight uh, of uh, how things and people are moving uh, in the environment and also in the relationship with, with each other. So uh, we talked about accuracy. Just how accurate can you get to? So we can go down to centimeters level, like 10 centimeter level. That's what we do in sport. When we really try to push the technology, our technology to the very maximum, uh, we can get a fraction of a feet accuracy with like 100 milliseconds delay. But uh, is that always needed? Well, our answer is, to be honest, no. There are certain environments where effectively the submeter accuracy is, is more than enough for uh, getting to understand where people are or where objects are, are placed. What is very important uh, when talking about accuracy, it's, uh, it's the combination, of course, with also delay, because there is a lot of... Uh, um, location-based services which are related, for instance, to security and safety and alarms, where you got to be able to take decision within a fraction of a second. Mm -hmm. And that's practically been always one of our uh, concern is like, how can we somehow find the right trade-off and combine the accurate dot together with a low latency at the uh, as light as possible infrastructure uh, cost and try to deliver that into the end customer so that uh, they can also leverage on using a radio technology which is not invented by us but that, that is already uh, pervasive into the market and effectively be able to leverage on the, on the volumes uh, of such radio components and, uh, and possibly even to reuse some of the components that they have already built and uh, simply by making some small software modification, giving a new life to those devices and make it so that uh, can become trackable. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So you're building on top of Bluetooth. It's not like you're using some exotic radio technology with lower volumes. This is not ultra-wideband, which is, you know, has accuracy, but, but the volumes just haven't been there in the underlying chipsets. You're using... Um, the radios that other people use. Uh, and just to finish off, you know, this real-time thing, I think you guys have done a great job with your website. You have videos of foosball tables with tracking the, the movement on there and also ice hockey where these guys are moving at huge speed 
Um, and, and so that, I think, captures people's imagination. How do you do it? And well, let's talk about, before we get to the science of it, and we don't need to go into too much detail, but just at a practical level, what's required? I, I've decided I want to track my staff, and I really want that high precision accuracy. Uh, and I've got a warehouse that is uh, um, um, 20,000 square meters or whatever. What's, what's required? Yeah, so if someone would decide to start adopting the Coupa system, the first thing you have to install are the enablers, the locators, which are somehow the lights that illuminate your space. So this is a locator. It's, uh, it's a round device. Uh, it weighs about 500 grams, and it's very easily mounted and attached. You can mount it flat. You can mount it tilted on the ceiling. And effectively, the locator works like a radio camera. So what it does, it can see in the space where the signal, the Bluetooth low energy signal comes from. And by knowing where the devices are placed into the indoor environment, and we have tools and software application for doing that, every device can track in real time the direction from which the signal comes from, and by knowing that, effectively retrieve the position of where the object is moving. So really the intuition is like having not a video camera, but a radio camera. So something that can follow as the object moves around. One of the, so we started to work on this technology in 2004, 2005. So whatever you see as Coupa technology is something that has been created through several years of, of hard work. And uh, everything has now been packaged in the way that uh, we really want to make the solution scalable, which is another critical component for being able to tackle the market. So if someone wants to get the system in place, once they have placed the locator on the ceiling, then the next thing is to decide what do they want to track. So if you have, for instance, pallets or you have a forklift or you have uh, a person, so you can give uh, either a tag. So this is a Coupa tag. Okay. So this is uh, a reference design tag, which is used in the market by several of our customers. Yeah. And uh, this is a device that uh, contains a three-axis accelerometer. He has a button. He has a temperature sensor. And it has an easy fix amount. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are cautious of the fact that, you know, every industry, every customer has different needs on how this tag needs to be. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's why at Coupa we have consciously decided to uh, open up fully the whole interface of how to build tags. So Coupa provides a full for free a documentation that describes on how the tag is built and how the tag should transmit. Clearly, this is again not any kind of dedicated device. Everything that is inside this device is off the shelf. Okay. And off the shelf, it also means that we have been taking in the past devices that already existed and, uh, and just turn them with a three to five line of firmware, so software code, into a Coupa trackable device. So we'll talk about the receivers in just a second, but the beacons themselves, what's different about that beacon from any other beacon that I could buy from a contact IO or Estimode? 
So from the radio perspective, uh, they are actually the same. So they have inside the Bluetooth Low Energy Radio. Mm -hmm. They are broadcasting on BAD advertisement packet. Mm -hmm. The difference is the content in the payload. Mm -hmm. So practically, if you want your beacon or your device to be Coupa trackable, you simply need to add into the payload of the Bluetooth Low Energy advertisement packet a certain known sequence. And, uh, and once you give the right structure uh, to your advertisement packet, then suddenly your object illuminates and uh, our locators can, can start to track it. Why, why do I need a known sequence? I mean, beacons are uniquely identified anyway through, or potentially at least, by the UUID major minor device number, the MAC address. That's correct, that's correct. But we go a step beyond that. So if you are using practically the major, the minor, and all the information in the standard, effectively you are doing the pure beaconing. So you mm -hmm. send a radio packet, and on the other hand, you receive it, and then based on power information, you can try to retrieve within which proximity you are to the receiver device. But in here, we go a step beyond. We actually want to do the AOA angle of arrival estimation. Mm -hmm. So effectively the training sequence that is inside the BLA radio packet allows the locator to compute the spatial direction, the direction in space from which the signal is coming from, together with identifying uniquely which, the, which transmitting device is which, and, uh, and, and keeping on following it. So the idea is really the same as if uh, your, your locator is on the ceiling would be your hand and in your hand you will have a laser pointer. Mm -hmm. So the laser beam is a direction in space which is identified uh, by two angles, azimuth and elevation. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you project the laser beam to the floor, well you see a dot mm -hmm. and the dot is 2D position. Right. So Coupa practically, and that's also another distinctive feature of Coupa with respect to other technology like ultra-wideband, we don't, since we are not measuring distances, we don't need to trilaterate in order to be able to retrieve the coordinate of an object. So we can uh, only use one device in order to be able to pinpoint where you are. And this opens the door on two different, very interesting use cases. For instance, in security and safety, if you want to do access control, and if you want to you know, control a door, for instance, how you open or close a door, or simply measure traffic through a gate, um, you effectively just need to put one locator on top of the area, and then the locator will make sure that it will track everything that would move within his area of reach. And, uh, and if you go to very complex industrial environment where there is a lot of metal and a lot of known idealities, um, you don't need to all the time rely on having at least three nodes looking at you in order to know where you are. But uh, even if you will lose connection and to, to some of the devices, it's just enough that one of them sees you and that's what is going to uh, position you. Uh, so effectively, is a solution which is extremely robust to be used even in a heavy and a harsh environment. Why would I go from one unit to two units? What do I get if I have two receivers that I didn't get with one? Because it sounds like you can do a lot of things just with one. 
Yeah, I mean, having more units and, and more devices on the ceiling, it, it builds redundancy into the system. So it practically builds on the reliability of your dots or some extra uh, robustness into the system. So the idea is like, uh, you know, the same as GPS, you could get your position only with four satellites, but then if you have more, then your position practically becomes more stable and reliable. And it's the same thing, because remember that we are always battling against delay. I mean, we could always, you know, provide more accuracy simply by increasing the filtering mm -hmm. and having a longer delay, but we don't really want to do that because then you're closing the door to all of those truly real-time use cases. So what we decided to do was to not make an hard decision from our customer, but to give them the chance to choose. They can still increase the delay if they want to keep down on the infrastructure mm -hmm. uh, part, or if they want to have more real-time, they just uh, need to put uh, a little bit more infrastructure. And they can decide for themselves depending on the use case and the end customer needs, what is the right balance. And, uh, and it can also be that they don't want to cover, for instance, one area continuously with some meter accuracy, but they could do this kind of sparse deployment where in front of uh, doors or places in the indoor space where they really want to have an high accuracy, they put the locator. Everywhere else, they can just have locator like 30 meters apart, even 50 meters apart, and that could give enough information on which part of the building you are and everything in between, right? Okay. We don't dictate what they, what they, the customer can do. We just want to give them the Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. For them to do. So what about, so what density do I need if I want one meter accuracy, for, for example? So typically the distance between the locators is two to four times the ceiling height. That's like the rule of thumb. Okay. So if you have a ceiling height of, let's say, three meters, if you are in an environment which is what we call confined, Confining means uh, something that would have thick, uh, um, thick walls or a lot of metals, 
and uh, really a lot of obstructions around. Uh, therefore, you will, we would suggest you to put locators every six meters. So that would be three meters high, twice the ceiling height. Mm -hmm. If you go into environment that are more um, uh, open, what we call semi-confined, therefore you can start to stretch the distance between the locators. And, uh, and you can go at three times the ceiling height. So this and is fascinating because this is like the opposite of uh, solutions, which is the, you know, the bulk of the solutions use receive signal strength. Um, and there, you, if you've got a high ceiling, then that's really challenging because you know, the, the, the difference in signal strength becomes lost in the noise. But in your case, actually, high ceilings and warehouses, one of my clients is a warehouse 30, 30 feet high ceilings and I'm like oh my god how are we gonna what are we gonna do we're we gonna have to suspend these receivers on wires or something but in your case that that's actually an advantage it sounds like yeah it is because I mean having a, again think about the camera right yeah if the space and the environment is more open then your camera has a better view side right right Sub view and and the same thing would be the locator the higher is the ceiling in principle, the higher is the footprint that every locator would have in terms of coverage. And, uh, and we have even built two different kinds. So this is the LD6L locators, which is the one that we typically use for indoor uh, spaces or for uh, spaces where um, you have a ceiling height which is less than 12 meters and you still want to retain the submeter accuracy. If you instead go into environment which are much higher, uh, then we have another device uh, which is rectangular in shape. You see it from the website, it's called LD7L. And that device uh, actually is IP65, so it's very weather resistant. Mm -hmm. Remember, we live in Finland. So even though I'm in the, in the, in the States now, we have a lot of deployment in a, a non-friendly and cold environment. Right. So we, we really had to, to, to design the device to withstand such harsh condition. And uh, also we wanted to design them so that they will be able to measure uh, accurately at much longer distances. Okay. Uh, so that so has greater range then? It's a more sensitive antenna and it's... Oh yeah, it's, it's a significantly more sensitive antenna. Just to give an example, the communication range between this device and a tag, so these two devices together, it's 110 meters. Okay. So if I would mount this one vertical on a street, I could move 110 meters away and I can still receive the signal. Wow. And then if I would use the other device, 7L, I can actually move 300 meters away which actually means that uh, now you can go to an environment like sport. Let me give you an example. If you go to a 60, 90,000 people stadium, you can't mount the locators right next to the field where the, people, the players are, right. are you know, performing. You've got to mount somewhere very high up, outside of the uh, view of the, of the spectators, mm -hmm. and typically would be practically where the lights are mounted on top. And uh, that can be easily over 100 meters away mm -hmm. from where the, 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 the game is played. So uh, you can think of the locator like a camera uh, where you know, the lens of the camera gives you the possibility to zoom in. And so in fact, can you talk about an example of that? Is there a sports stadium where you've done that? We have. 
we have. Some of those uh, are uh, are in the U.S. Some are in the in uh, in Europe. Uh, we don't. I don't think we still, we have yet something in Asia, but there might be some surprises coming uh, coming quite soon. Okay. And uh, we have uh, a few of these stadiums that are public. Some are instead uh, private places. So give so, us an example of a public one and just to kind of give us a, a, a rough sense of how many of those receivers, what sort of accuracy and what do they use it for? So if you use it in sport, uh, it depends on the sport. Yeah. So one, one public place uh, that everyone is uh, welcome to go to visit is, for instance, the University of Waterloo in Canada. And um, we have done the project uh, together with one of our partners in sport, uh, Hockey Tech. So um, in that case, uh, we are using uh, uh, two parallel systems. So we use two systems of 10 locator each in order to be able to track uh, both teams. And you are talking about a 40 plus player. Mm -hmm. uh, all the referees, so roughly four or five people, plus the pack. And the pack itself moves uh, at uh, about 40 meters per second. So, and the players is something that can move quite significantly faster than yeah. what the runner could do. So, when we do in the, when we do hockey, for instance, tracking, we, we have the pack transmitting at 50 hertz. Yeah. So 50 times per second, we can give 50 position per second, and the players are, are doing 20 hertz, 20 position per second. So what we build inside the system, because everything that I described so far, it's, it's roughly 20% of what the Koopa system can do. So I just described practically the position part. Mm -hmm. But in order to build a system that is truly scalable, well, you have to be able to talk with your devices. Those tags or transmitter cannot just be dummy devices. So we have built within the Coupa infrastructure and the Coupa system what we call the backend channel. And, uh, and that one allows for a full two-way communication towards uh, each and every one of the tag so that we can command them, control them, monitor them directly from the web service API, which means from the cloud, which means from remote, which means that from, from here in my office in EC, I can actually connect to any of the sites we have in the world and be able to shut down the tag, take, say to the tag to transmit faster or slower, or tell to the tag to give me out a different kind of data that they might be recording. Because as we said before, the tag also has sensors. And all the sensor data, they come out in the same interface. So the puck is uh, kind of got an accelerometer in it and, it, and you can find out the speed from, well, I guess you can find out the speed because you can just track the movement, but. Exactly. We, I mean, there is a, there can be an accelerometer in it, and that would open the door to even more exciting things. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, to be able to track the velocity and plot all of that, and we have, by the way, some example on our web page. So okay, uh, so that's interesting. So you can um, turn up and down the frequency because I was thinking, man, you're going to burn through batteries really fast, and I, I guess that doesn't matter in a, in a sports environment. You can get them to change the batteries, but it sounds like you can throttle that back and turn that up. And so, you know, how how much uh, are we talking about? Is this like 
how much does a beacon cost and how much do these receivers cost? So let me first answer about the battery consumption because that's actually one of the key points uh, with respect to some of the other technology, again, for scalability and cost, right? Yeah. So the... Um, the, the technology, the Bluetooth low energy radio has been uh, becoming more and more efficient in terms of power consumption. And that is something that has been benefiting us. So the latest model of the Coupa tag, which is going to be available next year, uh, is a device that uh, can transmit one packet per second continuously 24-7 for something about three to four years continuously. Okay. So that means that uh, if you would, for instance, start to shut down the tag when, for instance, your shop is closed, well, effectively, your battery is going to consume just for the discharging of the battery itself, right. more than for the utilization. Um, and that also means that in sport, we can actually have devices which can last an entire season. Okay. And by doing that, you are practically... Uh, killing uh, uh, the, the kind of maintenance cost and making the overall operation much more effective. Because uh, if you would have tags that need to be constantly charged, uh, well, that means that you need to have at every single game or every single training session, someone, which are typically not the players, dedicated to having the device charged, distributing the device, collecting device, cleaning yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's a lot of overhead, right? Yes. That is typically not always considered at the beginning when the system are under evaluation, but uh, I heard some people and then complain later on about that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, good points well made, and you've definitely kind of, I think, established the value. I would actually like one of those receivers just to have it in my office because it looks cool. Not because I need yeah. to track anything, but how much do they cost? So the Cooper Tag is a device, as I said, uh, that is a reference device. So, yeah. so Cooper practically built this as an example. Yeah. The Cooper Tag starts at twenty-five euros each, and then the price goes down with volume to like twenty, fifteen, and so. Okay. But uh, I really wouldn't use this one, to be honest, as a reference on the cost because we have already, and if you go to our webpage, we have three companies uh, listed there now under the Coupe ecosystem, and in total we have nine companies building already their own tags. Yeah. Um, some example is Fujitsu. Fujitsu is one of our partner into the IoT and uh, ecosystem work, and uh, and they they have built their own tags with their own use. So in that case, uh, we have some partners that have been able to build uh, uh, some of the tags, like for instance, a NISA solution, uh, that is our partner with whom we work in the hospital space, I mean, healthcare space. Uh, they have been able to build tags that cost uh, uh, in the order of like five bucks each. That's pretty amazing. Okay, uh, so the tags sounds like you're kind of on the same ballpark as the rest of the market. There's nothing like special that makes them super duper expensive. But those receivers, and we haven't actually talked about how they work. I do want to do that, but just how much yeah. do the, what's, what's the kind of the ballpark range for those just so that people, I think people are assuming that this is like a Maserati kind of price tag. So uh, well, I'm embracing myself. <laughs> Thank so. you so much for listening to this first half of the Cooper interview 
this year's New Year resolution was we weren't going to do any interviews that lasted longer than half an hour. This one's an hour, and the second half is actually even better than the first half. So do come back, um, hear how much the Cooper uh, receivers cost. It's a lot less than a Maserati. I was amazed. Uh, we're going to be talking about how the technology works some commentary on the future of the Bluetooth standards and angle of arrival, Cooper's partner strategy and who they're working with, which includes some pretty surprising companies. We're going to be talking about the role of asset tracking and how Cooper can work with a location for phones, some of the limitations, and also what it was that is bringing Cooper over to the US. So we really hope that you will join us for this uh, if you have been, thanks for listening. So the most challenging questions there are which three songs you'd take on a mission to Mars. So have you, have you had a chance to think about that? Three songs to mission to Mars. Well, I, <laughs> I actually love the... I love David Bowie, ah. so I would definitely take uh, a couple of those. So Space Odyssey is one of my favorite ones. Space Odyssey, um, that's that's interesting. So that we, we actually just interviewed Colin Lowenberg from Cisco. He chose the same song. So which would be the other Bowie song if you, because that one's taken, sorry. You only have one digital copy. So that one is taken. So then, uh, well, if you travel to Mars, it's going to be a long journey. Yeah. So you have to have something that is going to keep you up tempo. Yeah. And then I will take probably something from Bruno Mars. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so Uptown Fun, how yeah. Uptown Girls, I yeah, think yeah. That that's, uh, that's a good one. It to is eat. a great one. Sig yeah. alone in the space uh, shuttle. Yeah, and you can dance, get some of that exercise you need to keep in shape. That's right. And then uh, I'm... Um, I like rock music, so I would probably take something of Metallica for the time in which I'm a little bit more um, energetic and I feel like to jump around. And then, uh, and then uh, I, I like a lot uh, uh, classical music. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I typically relax quite a lot by listening to Beethoven. Okay, so, so you need to give me specifics though, because what we're starting to do is actually capture the music and play it over. So which Metallica would you like? So Metallica is probably going to be uh, Master of Puppets. Okay, Master of Puppets. And then uh, for Beethoven is going to be Al Chiaro di Luna. Okay, well... Uh... I'm not familiar, but uh, but that's a good excuse for me to become. The moonlight, familiar. the moonlight song is uh, from Beethoven. is a sonata, uh -huh. and uh, uh, and uh, is divided in three parts. Yeah. The first one is very quiet. The second one is uh, a kind of warm up. The third one is a fantastic piece. Uh, I play piano. I played piano for nine years, classical music, and I've never been able to make the third part because you have to be a pro. Really? And it, it just listen to that if you've never done super fast, super energetic. It's great. Oh, fantastic. That's great insight. Thank you. Thank you. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.